Hey, well, welcome everybody to Bethany West Seattle. My name is Prentice and I get the privilege to be the lead pastor here at our church. Uh, this morning, I wanted to do something a little different. Uh, rather than giving a full-on typical sermon, uh, I wanted to just spend a brief moment uh, giving a blessing or a charge for that matter. Uh, given that it's the new year, uh, although we recorded this a couple weeks in advance, so my hope is that nothing crazy or crazy year happens between now uh, and when you watch this. But all that to say is that this morning might sound and feel a little different. Uh, my hope is to provide just a few thoughts uh, that I believe uh, that God is calling us to be uh, in the world in this coming year. Now, uh, in the past one to, to two years, especially given this pandemic and, and all the other chaos of this world, uh, I do believe that uh, one thing that we could all agree on and one thing that we've all learned is that simply we don't have control over everything in our lives as much as we want. Now, here's the deal. As we go into this new year, I, I want to say I think making goals and resolutions uh, and aspirations. I think these are all good things. And I hope that we can continue to do these and write these down and have them. Uh, but at the same time, what I want to talk about today is that because uh, oftentimes we don't have control over how things unfold in our lives, uh, I want to talk about what we do have control of, what we do have agency over. And really that's how we choose to show up in the world, how we choose to be. <clears throat> now, in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, I love this verse about faith, is that it says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And, and so, uh, in other words, what Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that, yes, in the world, things are uncertain, uh, unforeseeable, and we've all experienced this. But in the midst of that, uh, the writer is saying that in the midst of that, we can have hope in Christ. And, and so, again, having goals, having New Year's resolutions, all wonderful things. But also to keep in mind that we, we don't have control how things unfold. We can write all the plans in the world. Uh, and in just a blink of an eye, as we've all experienced, it could all change. It could all disappear. It could all be different. But really, what doesn't have to be different is the calling that God has for us in how we love others, how we treat others, how we think of ourselves, and how we essentially show up in the world. And so uh, I wrote a few notes about uh, what that may entail. Obviously, it's not exhaustive, uh, but here's a few thoughts. First... I really believe that uh, in 2022, my hope for, for our church, for me, for you, is that we would choose to be more curious. Choose to be more curious. And, and here's, here's what I mean, especially in the context of relationships and friendships and marriages and, and whatnot. Choose to be more curious. It's easy for us to make assumptions about people and even their perspective. It's easy to be judgmental. 
uh, around how people behave or who they voted for or, or how much money they have or not have or where they live or what their zip code is. There's all these assumptions that we have and, and sometimes and really oftentimes, especially in this really tense political climate, uh, in this polarizing society that we live in, it's really tempting to easily write them off, be angry, in the most extreme cases, become violent. But instead, what if we became more curious about the other, especially when they might think different than us, when they might vote differently than us, when they might speak a different language or eat different foods or, or whatever it is, what would it look like for us to be more curious? In Luke chapter uh, 18, uh, it says this. Geez, I wish I was a little bit more ready to read this verse. But in eighteen, chapter 18, uh, verse 10, it says this. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying this. God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to the heaven, but was beating his own chest and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And here's what Jesus says. I tell you, this man went down, the, <clears throat> the, the sinner, the, the tax collector he's referring to. He says, I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. And I do believe that to want to ask more questions, to be curious about the other, uh, will require a sense of humility. And really the humility in the fact that we don't have all the answers. We don't know why one person might be the way they are. But the best way to know is to ask questions. And because when we don't and we make assumptions or uh, judgment, uh, A, that that's something that, uh, that God tells us not to do. And yet we do it because... Uh, of our own temptations to believing that perhaps we're more superior, that we may know better, whatever it is, when we fail to ask more questions and become curious about the other person, uh, it causes conflict, it causes issues, it causes wars, it causes disasters, it causes violence, it causes pain, it causes anger. And really what I truly believe is this, that uh, the opposite of of love is not hate, it's judgment. And so what we want to do and what we should be doing is ask more questions. Recently, uh, Marie and I, we decided and we made a, a bit of a pact with one another that anytime we uh, get upset with each other, and I'll speak for myself, anytime I uh, see her do something or maybe she's frustrating me or whether you know it uh, usually it's because of me uh, the first thing that we agree to do is before we get upset we ask questions why did you do it that way why do you think that way is better why did you respond that way and the reality is when you ask more questions and you get to the root of things it may not always be as you assumed 
And because of that, there's a birth of empathy and compassion and even forgiveness. And so, again, what we know is that there's a lot of, there's, there's many things that we do not have control over. But my encouragement, my charge, again, for myself, for our community, is this choose in 2022 to be a person who asks more questions, to be more curious about the other. Number two, and this sounds kind of cliche, and I almost didn't want to put it, but I, but I feel like it's important to say. In 2022, may we choose to be more kind. And I think this is a piggyback off of number one, because when we ask more questions, when we become more curious, oftentimes we uh, can't help but to be more kind because we hear more stories. We hear more uh, stories of, of where people come from, what they've been through, and even the hurt that they've experienced. And so choose kindness. Be generous with forgiveness. Be generous with grace. In Ephesians 4, 32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, just as in Christ was for you, was for me, was for us, the church. And in the world where power and dominance and greed and, again, even violence is glorified, what if we chose to show up differently? And I love when Jesus says, this is the way that people will know that you are my disciple. It's the way we love others. It's the way we choose to show up for others. And my hope for 2022 is that we would would choose to be more kind. Because just scrolling through your social media, just the stuff that you see on TV, the, the ways that you hear people talk about each other, the, the, the way you see people interact at the grocery store over masks, over politics or whatever it is, we've seen the ugliness of humanity. And oftentimes that, of course, is ourselves too. And so what if we decided to show up differently? Again, not just in the public sphere, although that too, but even in your own homes, even to your own children, even to your own spouse, to your friends, your housemates, whoever it is, no, no matter uh, what you might see, what if our response is to just simply choose kindness, to offer grace, to offer understanding, to offer forgiveness, to offer the first apology, to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And again, I, and I almost sound hypocritical because these are all the things that I have a hard time doing. But again, this is what God gives us agency in, in how we decide to show up. And may we continue to ask for strength and guidance and discernment. And I believe that the Spirit will empower us to do just that. And so number one, choose to be curious. Number two, choose kindness. Number three, and this sounds, again, another cliche or a platitude, but I would say choose Jesus plus nothing else. Choose Jesus plus nothing else. I can't help but to keep talking about our, our political climate in the last couple of years. Where even fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, I believe the downfall of the church is that we as a church have chosen, yes, Jesus, plus something else. 
whether it's a political affiliation, whether it's a particular even Christian denomination, uh, whether it's to attach ourselves to a group of people that share similar socioeconomics, uh, similar ethnicity and language and foods uh, and zip codes. And we oftentimes uh, become more tribalized. And my hope is that not only would we choose to be more curious, we would choose to be more kind, but we would choose Jesus above all things, above all categories, above all titles, above all affiliations, and nothing else. And really, this might be a good inventory, a time to do an inventory of our own souls and our own minds. Have we chosen, especially if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, have you chosen Jesus? I believe many of us, including myself, have. But I also believe if we're really being honest with ourselves, we've also chosen something else. Somebody else. Some other belief in addition to our belief and faith in Christ. In Luke chapter 4, there's a, there's a really hard verse. That's really hard to understand. And, and again, because this isn't a typical sermon, I'm not going to necessarily uh, unpack it completely. But I just want to read it to you. It says in Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 25 through 27, it says this. Now large crowds were traveling with, with him, with Jesus, and he turned to... He turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Ouch. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now these, just a plain reading sounds pretty harsh. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, you know what, abandon your family, abandon your loved ones. As a matter of fact, he uses uh, a word, uh, hate. He uses the word hate. You have, you have to hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, even life itself, in order for you to become my disciple. Now, what is Jesus talking about? I'll tell you what he's not talking about. He's not speaking literally here. He, he's being hyperbolic, which is a very common way of speaking in the first century uh, during this time. Jesus' point is that, in exactly this, you must choose, Jesus is saying, me, Jesus, and nothing else. I mean, clearly he's not talking about that you literally have to hate your mother and father. I mean, that's that would be against literally the Ten Commandments, where it says, honor your father and mother. And to love one another and your neighbor. And so I'm convinced, and I would say majority of the scholars are uh, convinced that Jesus isn't actually saying hate your parents and hate your loved ones and your siblings. Uh, Jesus is actually just saying, like, I know that these are important, these people are important to you, as they should be. But in the midst of all that, there's something and somebody more important. And that's Jesus. There might be a political connection that you deem as important, and that's okay. There might be ideologies and worldviews that you think are important, and that's great too. But the bottom line is Jesus saying, above all things, even above all those things that you might attach yourself to, place Christ first in your life and nothing else. 
And my hope and my desire is that when we do that, especially in the church, and even if it's just our church, I do believe that unity is possible. When we start letting go of the things that divide us, because the very things that divide us are not Jesus, are not of Jesus. And so what if we attached ourselves then instead to Christ? I believe that's when we will see unity and reconciliation and restoration of broken relationships when we all share the commonality of pursuing Christ and Christ alone. So in 2022, may we choose to be more curious, ask questions, choose kindness over everything, choose Jesus plus nothing, Number four, choose to be a little bit more vulnerable. Choose authenticity. Choose to show up exactly the way you are. It says that you were wonderfully and fearfully made. In other words, you, yes, you and, and, and me in, in, the, in the midst of our messiness and, and, and our beauty and everything in between, God has created us. And that fact, that very fact alone, should give us confidence, should give us sufficiency, and more than enough to feel like we have enough. I love how uh, Brene Brown, one of my favorite authors again, who talks a lot about vulnerability and authenticity, she says this, authenticity listen to this, is the daily, the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Authenticity uh, is the daily practice. It's something we have to do every single day and be very intentional about, about letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And I think what Brene Brown is saying is exactly that. God has created us very uniquely. God has given us experiences, whether good or bad, that forms us, that shapes us in order to be who we were uniquely created to be. And so as we walk out these doors, may we not have to feel like we have to pretend to be someone we're not. May we, may we not have to feel like we have to create facades. May we be exactly who we are. Yes, everybody changes and everybody evolves. And my hope is that through the Spirit that we will all do that to be even closer images of Jesus. And who we are today is enough. That's what the cross of Jesus was all about. When Jesus was... Uh, crucified on the cross, he says, it is finished. We are now, can be confidently believe that we are sons and daughters of the Most High, of, of, of God. And because of that, we are enough. You are enough. And so may we show up in the world believing in that, not because of our own merits, not because of all of our accomplishments, because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us to believe that. 
And the good news of that is there's no shame. There's no guilt. Even in our weaknesses. Because in that space, that is when Jesus shines. That's when Jesus is strong. He says, in your weakness, I am made strong. So may we choose to walk out of our doors every single day as our authentic selves, to be vulnerable. In other words, to just be exactly who God has created created us to be. And what oftentimes what we deem as flaws, what we deem as insufficiencies, God sees as beauty and God sees as opportunities to continue to grow us and and to shape us. So may we lean heavily into that. Because I think many of us, myself included, we've experienced the exhaustion of putting on that mask. Of having to pretend to be someone who who we're not. And so again, as 2022 enters, may we have learned that, you know what? Life is short. Life is beautiful. God is good. God has created us good. And may we live into that fully. And lastly... I want to say this, and again, gosh, all these sound like platitudes, but really I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is that I believe that in 2022 that we should choose to spend more time with Jesus. I know that sounds like a youth group platitude or cliche, but if I'm being honest with myself, even as a professional Christian who who's oftentimes reading and reading the Bible, I would say oftentimes it's for work, it's for study, it's to prepare for sermons. But my hope for myself is that I would choose to read the Bible, to pray, to encounter Christ in unique ways, uh, to spend more time with Jesus in order for me to be more like Jesus. And so my hope for you and for us as a church is that we would choose to spend more time with Jesus, whatever that may look like, in order for us to be more like him. Uh, in Luke uh, chapter 10, it's one of my favorite stories. It's, it's between these two sisters, Mary and Martha. And I just want to read, uh, let's see here, just, just a few verses. In verse 38, it says this, Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. I love this. In verse 39, again, I just want to read this over. Uh, She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. I mean, imagine this picture that Jesus, Jesus, the Messiah of the world, the Savior, is coming over to your house. Uh, and, And I resonate with more like Martha. 
Uh, there's, you know, there's two sisters are welcoming and ushering in Jesus to their home, and Martha is doing exactly what I think I would do: clean the house, you know, get get the food prepared, get get the tea, get the, you know, whatever it is. Like, just make sure that the environment is clean and spotless and perfect for Jesus. And what we see Mary doing is almost the opposite. Mary is like, you know what? Forget all of that. It says, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. So when Jesus came inside the house, uh, Mary sat down and just listened to every word, spent time with Jesus, listened to every word that Jesus had to say. And really, in, in this first century, to sit at a rabbi or a teacher's feet uh, was uh, the assumption that this person wanted to learn. It will, this person was a disciple. In order to teach others, in order to become a teacher, him or herself. And so what we could kind of assume safely, according to many scholars and commentators, is that part of what Mary wanted to do was sit at the feet of Jesus to learn, to listen, in order to be more like him and to teach others. And so I believe, as we enter into 2022, that when we spend more time, spend more time with Jesus, again, through the reading of God's word, through prayer, through music, through long walks, through hikes, through nature, through friendships, whatever it is, although I do believe a, a good way to spend time with God is through the reading of Scripture, I believe that in and through that comes transformation. It's just like any other relationship. You cultivate a relationship. You get to know who the other person is through what? Through time. And I remember my old youth pastor, and I think he got this from somewhere. He would always say that love is spelled T-I-M-E, time. And so it makes sense that when we spend more time with Jesus, to learn more about who he is, how he loved, how he showed up in this world, I believe and my hope is that we would seek to emulate his character and to show up in the world the same way. I think Mary chose the right thing. Clearly she did. Jesus said so, which is her spending more time with him to learn under his teaching in order to teach others and love others and be like Christ to others. And so again, as I, as I close this time, making goals and resolutions, do it. These are, these are great things. I'll, I'm sure I'll do some too. And I'll write those down. It'll probably uh, come obsolete by February. But you know what? It's okay. But I also want you to know that no matter what kind of planning we do, it can easily change and evolve and go out the window. And again, that's okay. That's, that's what we call life. And in that life of uncertainty, we do what it says in Hebrews, to walk by faith even in space that we can't see or know. That's what faith is all about, walking and taking steps. Though we don't see the end of the hallway, though we don't see the end of the story, that is what faith is. And that's particularly what it means to have faith in God. But at the same time, God also gives us agency. And in a particular space that God gives us agency is in, is in how we choose to show up in the world. So may we choose to show up 
being curious about the other, to want to listen to their story, to their experiences, no matter how different they might be, no matter how much we disagree with them. Because asking questions creates empathy and compassion and grace. So choose to be more curious. Choose, number two, to be more kind, to be different from the world. Number three, to choose Jesus and, and absolutely nothing else. And that is when we will see unity, being united, truly united in Christ and Christ alone. Number four, choose to be vulnerable. Choose to know and believe that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is not only enough, more than enough. May you have confidence in that. And lastly, number five, may we choose to spend more time with Jesus in order to be more like Jesus. That's it. That's my charge. That's my encouragement for us. Happy New Year. Don't forget, next Sunday, we'll go back to a little bit of more normalcy. We'll have our in-person and online service at 9.30 a.m. Uh, and I hope to, to see you all there. Um, lastly, I, this is kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing, is uh, my hope, especially in 2022, is that uh, if you are able, if you feel comfortable to come into service, uh, do it. To join a small group, do it. May 2022 be a time where we rekindle relationships and get plugged in. Now, I understand this pandemic. And really, again, this is two weeks before the new year. And so maybe things have changed by now. Uh, but even so, if you are someone who feels comfortable, feels okay to be responsibly uh, in public with others, I invite you to, to show up to church. We, we, we miss you. For those of you who choose to continue to watch online, particularly due to uh, this pandemic and, and your own circumstance, we, we understand that 100% completely as well. And we're so glad that you have joined us in any way you could, in any way you can. But again, for those of you that are able, I know that many of us, we've fallen into this habit to uh, put church, and not just church, but, but a community of faith kind of on the back burner. And, and to be honest, I completely understand that too. But I hope that we can rebuild that habit of meeting, of gathering together. And really, and I'll end with this, we as a church, Bethany West Seattle particularly, we have a habit of probably walking in around 9.45, even though our service starts at 9.30. Now, this isn't an, a, a rebuke or, or guilt or shame. It's not that. There's a theology that I want to just kind of share upon you. Uh, when you show up at 945, you, you miss this corporate element of prayer and, and worship. Uh, and so my hope is that we would see Sunday service not just as a, a sermon, uh, but more holistically, where there is an element of, of meeting with one another, of singing together. That's all over the scriptures, to sing with one another. Yes, to hear the proclamation of God's word. Uh, yes, to pray with one another. Uh, but it's also to worship and to uh, share a meal, well, aka coffee, with one another. And I know that, you know, we do that in the service anyways. But uh, my plea, my ask is that 
we would try to show up at 9.30 when we start, not because you have to be punctual and that's what I care about. What I care about more is that we would all participate in worshiping together in a holistic way. Um, so, okay, that's it. I want to pray for us, and I just want to thank you uh, for your just sticking with us in this crazy last couple of years. And my hope is that for all of us, 2022 would be a wonderful, beautiful, and uh, healing year for many of us. So let's pray. God, thank you. You have brought us to 2022. Uh, and God, may, we don't know what's going to happen at the end of 22 or even tomorrow. But God, we have faith that you are in control. And you love us and you care for us. And you also give us agency. And so this year, may we use that agency and choose to show up so differently in the world. May we be more curious. May we be more kind. May we choose you and nothing else. May we be more vulnerable. And may we just spend more time with you. God, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your protection. And we thank you for your healing and ongoing healing and transformation. In your name we pray, amen and amen.